0: Hello, welcome to North Coast Calvary Chapel's audio podcast. Welcome everybody, welcome. Special big hug and welcome to you if you're new. First time you've been to our church, hope you feel the love. All right, if you find me after service and you're first time here, I'll buy you a cup of coffee. Come on now. All right, we're going to be in Mark chapter 4, verse 1. It says, again, Jesus began to teach by the lake. Jesus loved to teach by the lake. He loved chilling by the water. He would, have loved it. he would have loved this area. And here he is, and the crowd that gathered around him was so large that he got into a boat and sat in it out on the lake. And while all the people were along the shore at the water's edge, he taught them many things by parables. And in his teaching said, Listen they did not bear grain. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up, it grew and produced a crop, some multiplying 30, 60, and some 100 times. Then Jesus said, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. When he was alone, the 12 and the others around him asked him, what in the world were you talking about? <laughs> no. It's my own little translation there. He told them the secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you. But, now watch this. This is gonna get really tricky here. But to those on the outside, everything is said in parables so that they may be ever seeing but never perceiving, ever hearing but never understanding. Otherwise, they might turn and be forgiven. That's a quote from Isaiah. Then he goes on and it says here, then Jesus said to them, don't you understand this parable? How then will you understand any parable? Lord, as we come together this weekend, we come, we're all coming from different places spiritually. But one thing we all do have in common is that you are teaching all of us to hear you to understand you, to recognize and see your presence and activity in our lives. So open our eyes, give us ears to hear what you're saying this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, grab a seat, everybody. Welcome, welcome. This kicks off our series in the parables. And uh, I don't know if you've ever spent much time in the parables, but 35% 35% of Jesus' teaching, if you look at all of his words, all of his teaching, 35% is in parable form. That's a lot. That's a lot of teaching in parables. Jesus loved using parables. It was his key method in communicating with people. It says in Mark 4:34, later in the same chapter that we just read, it says this, he did not say anything to them. And to them, he means the crowds. These people would swell and were attracted to Jesus. One, because he was doing miraculous things, but two, because he was teaching in a way that was so different than they were used to hearing, and it was riveting. There was authority in the way that he talked. There was something fresh in the way that he was talking about things that they were familiar with, but with a fresh perspective. And to these crowds, it says that he did not say anything to them without using a parable but when he was alone with his own disciples, he explained everything. So we need to understand why Jesus taught in parables. We have been in this in-depth journey with Jesus. We started it back in January, right? We looked at, you know, Jesus in the upper room, you know, chapters 13 to 17 in John. And then we did this whole series we've been in, which is, um, uh, what was it again? Yes, encountering Jesus. Look at me. I'm already moved on already. <laughs> encountering Jesus. We were looking at all these real special moments where people had life-changing encounters with Jesus. Now we're going into the mind of Christ. One, one commentator put it this way: There is no better way to get into the ticking mind of Jesus than to go into his parables. Here we really get the absolute most unique window into the way Jesus thought. As this one commentator put it, Jesus because Jesus taught thought and acted in parable form. Well, that's fascinating. It wasn't just a gimmick. It was overflowing from something core to the way that God thinks and reveals himself to people who want to know him. Okay, all right, we're on that. So, we need to understand these parables. It's a great entry point for us. If we've been lifelong believers, Or if you're just getting to know Jesus, if you're a 60 year veteran of the, you know, in the scriptures, or if you're 10 years old, the parables are this wonderful open door. The parables have a way of making the knowledge of God accessible to anyone while at the same time limited to the few. Now that's the tension we see here. What we'll find is, it's not intelligence or age or experience that keeps people from understanding what Jesus is saying in these parables. The way you might feel if you were to jump into an MCAT right now, you know, the entrance exams for medical school, (laughs) you know, you just may not be smart enough, (laughs) you know. But parables are filtering us in a different way. So I want to talk about what parables are and why Jesus used them, okay? What are they and why did he use parables and how do they help us recognize God in our life today, right now, when you leave this building? Here we go. What are parables? Number one, get this. Parables were not Jesus's invention. They had been used at least 1,200 years before he was even doing his ministry, right? So Plato, Aristotle used parables. Homer, you know, he wrote the Iliad, Maybe you know of it. Maybe you fell asleep at that time in school. But 189 parables, right, in the Iliad. 189. So this is not his invention. A thousand years um, before Jesus' ministry, we see prophets using it in the Old Testament, like Nathan using it with David. Oh, that's a good one, right? He catches David. Um, Parable in the Greek, right, because the New Testament is in the Greek. It's written in the Greek, so our ancient manuscripts are in that form. And the word parable in the Greek literally means to throw alongside, to put two things. It means to, to draw a point by comparing two things together, right? So like, for example, if I throw this idea and this idea together, we're going to get an insight by putting them together. Just like right now, my two hands together, this means shoes in baby sign language. Come on now. I don't know why they wouldn't just go like this, but whatever. That's what it says on the internet. <laughs> so parables are ways of putting two things alongside so that something that's familiar alongside something unfamiliar to help us understand. Now, this was common. This was a way of bringing complicated things to light for us, all right? So, um, but it's the way that Jesus used them was really different. So, um, Jesus would take these common, ordinary imageries or ideas, like seeds are meant to represent, right, the kingdom of God. Or a wayward son helps us understand something about Jesus' mission and heart for people far from God. You see that? He's putting these things along the side. Okay. So these, they can take on various forms in the Gospels. You'll see parables. Parables is like a way of describing all these different figures of speech that Jesus uses. Number one, it could be a one-liner like this one. Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. What is he talking about? It's a one-liner. It's a little bit like a riddle. When you hear it, it's like, yeah. Wait a minute. What, did, what was that? What did him, he... Who has ears to hear. Let them hear. What is he talking about, right? Yeah, it makes you think. That's right. Number two, they could be in the form of a simile or a metaphor, or we'll see they they evolve into full-blown stories like the prodigal son, right, or the, the persistent widow. Great, great parables. Now, sometimes the details of these parables have sort of meaning, and then you see that in the parable of the soil. So the seed represents something, the soils each represent something. The bird represents something, right? So they each have their little meaning, but most of the parables don't do that. Most of the parables, the little details in it aren't trying to say something. It's, they're trying to hit one major principle or idea to help us see from a new perspective, okay? Um, now, where Jesus gets tricky is how he used parables. Now, this is where we're going to have fun today. Often, Jesus' parables did not make things more clear and they did not make things easier to understand. So what was he doing? Listen to this right here. Go back to the passage we looked at this morning, verse 10, when he was alone, the 12 and the others around him were like, oh, that was an easy one, Jesus, thank you. You know they, these people are with Jesus all the time they're listening to him they're, they know how he thinks what he likes to eat in the morning they know what he likes to do before he goes to bed at night they know him and they're around him they're like what were you talking about Jesus? okay now if you go to Matthew's gospel he spells it out even more in Matthew 13 verse uh, 10 it says this it says that they asked him in this same moment, why, Jesus, do you speak to the people in parables? Do you catch that tone? Why do you speak in parables? Why are they asking that? Because the people don't understand. So again, why? Now we're moving from the what are parables, figures of speech, putting things alongside each other. But why would he teach in parables if he's using them in a way that are not making things easier or more clear for people at first. Do you ever feel like that with God? Ever feel like, man, God, if you're so real, couldn't you just make believing in you a little easier? I bet right now, if we had Jesus here, we could do a brainstorm session, and we could come up with at least a 100 better ideas on how he can make himself a little more believable (laughs) than what he's doing right now. Don't you think? First of all, Why do you have Ryan up there when you could just get up there, Jesus? Don't you have that omnipresence thing going on? Because I think Jesus would do better than me. But seriously, but seriously, listen, don't you ever wonder if God is so real, why doesn't he make it easier to believe in him? You know, if he's so real, why is it so hard? Uh, There we go. So here we go. Why does Jesus use parables? We need to understand this because this is going to tell us a lot about God and how he's working in your life right now. Okay, let's go back to verse 11. Verse 11 in the passage, this is where Jesus gives them the answer. You ready? We're going to go into the mind of God. This is so cool. All right, listen to this. He told them, The secret of the kingdom of God. And they're like, okay, here he comes, has been given to you. But to those on the outside, everything is said in parables. Hmm. All right, Jesus, I'm going to go with you there. So that they may be ever seen, but never perceiving. And ever hearing, but never understanding. Otherwise, they might turn and be forgiven. Are you confused? (laughs) I mean, can you imagine? They're like, this is not what we were hoping for, Jesus, right? These guys want everyone, they want Jesus to show the world who he is so they can go, yeah. Like that moment when the superhero takes off their, their costume and we see the hero behind the facade, right? We all want to see Jesus the hero. Then Jesus said, get this said to them, don't you understand this parable? No. How then will you understand any parable? No, that's the question. Here we go. How then will you understand any parable? Okay, here we go. Let's break this down, because here is our answer to one of life's most vexing questions. Why is God so hard to believe in? Here we go. Verses 1 to 9. Let's break the context of this moment down. In verses 1 to 9 of this whole story, Jesus right, is by the sea. He's with the crowd. He's teaching from the boat. You got that in your mind? Crowd. He's in a boat. It's in a public setting. He's got this huge crowd, right? Hundreds of people listening to him. Now, verses 10 to 20, the rest of the the passage, Jesus is not by the sea with the crowd. He is in a private place, presumably someone's home, probably Peter's in Capernaum, and the disciples and others who are following Jesus are gathered around him. You get the scene here? And they're listening, and they're asking questions. So for the crowd, everything Is in parables, meaning it's left in confusion. Now, for the disciples, for everyone who's gathered around Jesus, they are given what he calls the secret of the kingdom. Now, let's just pause right there. Have you ever felt like you are on the outside of understanding what God is doing in your life? Ever felt like that? Ever felt like you are on the outside with God? Ever show up to a Christian environment like maybe you feel like that way right now? You show up with a bunch of Christians and you feel like, man, everybody knows I don't fit in here. You feel on the outside of things. You feel on the outside of other believers. You feel on the outside of God Himself and understanding what He's saying and doing in your life. You know, you find yourself in a life circumstance. And you just can't make sense of where God is in it, what he's doing. You with me? Sometimes it can feel like a cruel joke, you know? Like God is hide and seek with you. But when things are on the line, when a loved one's health is failing, and you're like, God, where are you? This is not fun and games anymore. It just feels downright cruel. God, why are you being so hard to understand right now? Where are you? And that's what it feels like in this moment. Some people are understanding and some people don't. And it feel, we can walk away feeling like God is just leaving us on the outside. Have you ever just wished that God would just show you what to do and guide you? Think about an area, maybe with your career, maybe with your health, maybe with a loved one, maybe you are longing to meet the love of your life. And you're like, God, why are you making this take so long? You look around, you see other people happy. What about me, God? Why have you left me out? I remember I felt like that at a, at a moment in my life and it was very acute. Um, I've shared this story with you guys. I wanna go back to it because it's such a pivotal moment in my life and in my family and how we experienced God recently. We were praying for a home. You remember this story? I've been praying for a home for 10 years, and um, you know, I'm in ministry, I, I didn't even have a savings account. So my wife's like, hey, do you think it's okay to ask God for a house? And I'm like, well, that's okay, as long as you're okay with his answer. And I'm thinking, it's gonna be no. We don't even have a savings, right? Um, and as a minister, I can't go well rob a bank, so we know that's checked off the list. And so we've been praying for a home, and through a series of events, I won't go into details, but God had given us money, not through my income, but through other sources. And we actually had enough money to maybe put an offer down, as miraculous as that was. And we thought this one house was going to be the answer. We were living in Sanitas, right? And we thought these low income houses that are inserted in these new developments. I'm talking, these are multi million dollar houses, but the house that's a low income house is only $100,000. Come on now. That's what God's going to do. That's so obvious, God. I see it. That's easy, God. Let me give you an underheaded pitch here, God. This is an easy one. Just give us that house, man. Bam. Everyone's going to be like, "Woo!" I'll make you look good, God. Just do this one. So we had it laid out. Six months praying for this low-income house and this track of houses right by Capri Elementary. We were just convinced. We were even seeing signs, you know? Like, my wife was like, oh, look. You know, they painted the door turquoise. I just, I don't know. We were seeing signs and things, you know? (laughs) And we were, for six months, though, no joke, every week praying. We would go to that house when it was dirt, when they laid the foundation, when it was studs, drywall, at every stage. I have pictures on my phone praying for this house. And we were convinced by the end, this is the house God's gonna give us. And then a dear friend of ours who knew the developer, we're like, oh, another sign from God. We have a friend that knows a developer. Oh, this house is ours, come on now. Come on, God, finish what you started, you know. And my friend calls up and says, hey, I'm sorry, but actually, he sold that house off to an investor before they even started building. (laughs) Do you know how stupid we felt? We had involved our kids, and our kids were like, what was all that sides business? (laughs) I mean, what? Hmm. You know what I mean? You have these moments in your life and you're like, what is going on right here? What is God doing? Parables, you'll see over the next few weeks, they use the substance of everyday life, seeds, relationships, normal, ordinary stuff put alongside profound spiritual meaning. Why does Jesus do that? Because life is kind of like that, isn't it? Life is a parable. In your everyday life, there are these moments, and you can look at that moment on the surface and take away a superficial meaning. Well, you didn't get into the house because you don't got the money. And we draw cause, we draw explanations of life and we place value on moments in our life based on financial, emotional, practical, scientific reasons. Are you with me? So why did we not get that house? Because you don't got the money. Simple. It's so simple. You can look at this moment, draw from it, it's immediate presenting value, and go, well, there it is, and walk away, and you're done. Ah, but Jesus is using parables to say, oh, you can walk away with a little lesson in the obvious about sowing seed. Can you imagine someone listening to this story? So what was Jesus talking about? I think he was saying if you put seed on a path, it's not gonna grow as well as seed in good soil. Can you imagine people like, yeah, no duh. (laughs) That guy, Jesus, is full of garbage, man. I don't know why people are following that guy. Okay, so you can walk away with a with the easy presenting lesson, and you can do that with life. There are the haves, and there are the have-nots. You can look at life like that, or you can let the parable do its job, which is to draw you in, to draw you in. I looked at my daughter, and you've heard this story, but I said to her, I took a strap of faith, and I said, God, when he doesn't answer your prayer, it's because he's gonna give you something better. I don't know how I said that. I go, is that right? Is that health, wealth, gospel? Oh my gosh, is, that, is God really like that? And I said it to her and I said, when God doesn't answer your prayer, it's because he is gonna give you something better. Do you think that's true about God? This is how my wife put it. We were searching for a home, but God was teaching us to make God our home first. And indeed he was. Life, Jesus teaches in parables because God is still speaking to you and to me in parables. He is still speaking to you through the immediate presented circumstances of your life, You can walk away settling for the logical, pragmatic, financial, social, relational, emotional explanation and value of the moment. Or you can let the parable draw you in. Now that's what parables are about. Because life is like a parable. Jesus, when he comes into the scene with these parables, he teaches in a, us in a way that is training us to recognize and respond to God in our everyday life. So these parables, you can read them and you'll see with some of these, if someone finds a treasure in a field that is worth 10 times as much as all their belongings, what are you going to do? If, okay, let me put it in a modern form. If you know that a winning ticket is next in line for a dollar for the lottery, and it's worth more than 10 times your income, would you go spend what you have on that lottery ticket? Yes, you would. So he has this parable where he's like, look, if you find treasure in a field worth 10 times all of your, what you own, would you not go sell everything you have to get that field with that hidden treasure in it? See, how old are you guys right there? Those kids right there, the girl in the white red shirt. How old is she? Ten. Ten years old. Do you get that? Does that make sense? Would you not want to sell all you have for that treasure? Yeah, you know, we all get it. And Jesus is using parables to draw us into this deeper meaning. Listen, he's peeling back the curtain to get us to see something. Mark 1 look at this. The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. You guys, this is amazing, but get this. The kingdom of God has come near to you, to me, to every one of us. And it is here. It is among us. It is around us. Something happened at this moment in human history, that the world has never been the same. And you look the same, you feel the same, and it seems like nothing has changed. But Jesus is trying to just peel back the curtain of your field of vision that you could hear, have ears that really hear what's going on. That's what he's doing with these parables. That what if behind every moment in your life There is another dimension of meaning and value. What if there's more? Wouldn't you like to see that? It's not as easy as Matrix, right? The red pill, the blue pill? Just top that pill and baby, it's like, no, man, that's like a weird drug. Don't take that drug. (laughs) Take Jesus' advice. So here's the question. Who gets to see God and what he is doing? Who gets to see? Why does Jesus talk in parables? Because life is a parable and he's teaching you to draw near to see and hear what God is doing in your life beneath the surface of how you look at reality. Who gets to see what God is doing? Who's on the inside? Who gets the inside vision of what God is doing? Listen to this. Don't you understand this parable, he asked his disciples? How then will you understand any parable? Now, how do you answer that? Who gets to see God in life? Don't you answer it like, well, those who, have, who know the Bible inside and out, who have it all memorized, those who are perfect people, those people who never do anything wrong, right? And hey, there's value on that. And there is some truth to that. The pure in heart will see God, yes. But the way we define that purity of heart is not what we think. That's what Jesus is going to get to. Listen to this. Who gets to understand? Now, I want to ask you a question real quick. In this passage, they're gathered with Jesus. Nobody, the disciples don't understand. I want you to turn to your neighbor. And I want you to answer this question based on the passage. Can we go back to verse 10? Verse 10. Yeah, 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 right there. Look at this. Jesus asks, how then will you understand? Not just any parable, but how will you understand what God is doing in your life? Based on what you see in verse 10. What do they teach you? What is he, what are they teaching us? Turn to a friend, just for 30 seconds. What do you see here about what they're doing that enables them to understand? Turn and share real quick. Go ahead. 30 seconds. seconds. 30 seconds. Come on now. Turn talk to a buddy. Keep sharing. It's going to go get some water. All right. What well, you, you look at this passage, verse ten? Anyone want to raise a hand? What'd you get? What'd you get? How how do they understand? Yeah, yeah, right there. I got you. Come on. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean. Boom! <laughs> I mean, yes. They <laughs> they asked. I, li- I picked on you, bro, because, come on, let's make fun of dudes for a minute. Dudes don't like to ask. <laughs> you know, isn't it kind of proverbial? Guys don't want to ask for help. We want to know. We just know what to do. We don't need, you know, it seems kind of easy. Uh, okay. Yeah, it really is that easy. That's it. It's ask. Verse 10, when he, asked, when he was alone, the 12 and the others around him asked him. Now you're thinking like, okay, Ryan, well, what does that even mean? Okay, listen. Let me show you how important this is and why this is so important. You ready for this? Matthew 7, 7. This is awesome. Look at Matthew 7, 7. How do you know someone has faith? How do you recognize faith in someone? Is it because that they carry the biggest Bible? Is it like, okay, whose Bible weighs more? I mean, Jesus right here is going to tell us. This is good. Do we have that? Matthew 7 7? Oh, we don't have it. Okay. I'm going to read it to you. Ready? This is so good. This right here is how you know someone has faith and how you know you have faith. Right here. Ask and it will be given to you. Hmm. Seek and you will find. Knock, and the door will be open to you. What does faith look like? It is the one who asks, who seeks, and who knocks. You see how that's starting to mess with you? Come on now. Doesn't it feel like the person with faith is the one who's got all the answers? Who understands the most? I'm not saying that that doesn't have some place in things. I'm teaching my kids to memorize scripture. That's good. It's, but it's this idea that when God is revealing himself to us, he's got to help us let go of the answers we've already made for ourselves to see the answers that he has for us. And want to say it right now, you are never going to have all the answers. And so if you're never going to have all the answers, then what is faith? It is the ability to just go, I don't understand, God. Will you show me? And to seek him, to ask him, and to knock, that is faith. How do you know the people who have faith in a group of people? The ones who can say, I don't know. That's faith. That's it. So are you here going, I don't know. I don't know what Jesus is saying. Good. You got the beginnings of faith. Now, are you willing to act on it? Are you going to act like, oh, everyone else is nodding. I'm going to nod too. Yep. I know what's going on right now. And you don't. Parables are meant to teach us to lean in and to seek God and draw near. So that's our series, Lean In. The parables are meant to teach us how to lean in and begin to hear and see God in our everyday life, in our marriages, in our parenting, in our longing for a soulmate, in our aspiration for our careers, in our deep sorrows and even in our greatest victories these are parable moments every good gift is from our father in heaven there's a parable have you been blessed when you walk outside today the heavens declare and the skies proclaim the glory of god all creation is a parable with a message god is glorious I want to invite the band to come on out. Verse 9. Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. How do we hear the parables? i want going to give you this real quick. Four bits of advice. Number one, parables make you slow down and think and ask. So slow down. Parables are meant to slow you down. Not be in such a hurry. When you leave service today, don't be in such a hurry to move on. Slow down after service. What was God saying to you? What was God speaking to you? Number two, draw near. Gather with other believers. Engage God's word together. What's God, talk to one another. Ask, seek, and knock when things don't make sense. Be patient, wait on God. Are you waiting on God for your next step in your career and it's not clear? Wait on God. Knock and ask and seek because it's coming because God is revealing himself to you. And lastly, be ready to respond and change the way you see things. Be ready to let go of your little answers for his answers that you never expected because, as Jesus said, for everyone who asks, will receive. Thanks for listening this week. If you're looking for ways to serve, give, or get connected, please visit our website, northcoastcalvary.org.